Hi folks, come on in, make yourself comfortable. There's beer on tap, there's coffee in the pot, there's scones, cookies, pies. Um, okay, maybe we'll forgo that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I heavily indulged over Christmas and New Year's, of course, so. <laughs> wow, well, heck with it, I'll have a coffee. Cheers. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. This is episode seven. And I thought it was just about time that I got off my lazy butt and recorded some jokes and funny news and stuff for you. So here we go. On with the show. Testing one, two, three. You are listening to Cliffcast. Cliffcast is now on the air. Some roommates just don't get along very well. Case in point, Jerry and Hank. Here's what happened one day. Hey Jerry, guess what I just found? I don't know, what'd you find? Just take a guess. Oh come on, not this again. Just guess already. Uh Uh-uh, why don't you just tell me? I could, but where's the fun in that? What are you, four? Hey, don't rain on my parade. Just take a guess. What's with all these silly games, man? I'm late for work. Come on, Jerry. You're no fun at all. Life ain't all fun and games, you know. Come on. Just take a guess. Look, man. I told you. I don't have time for this. Come on. Okay. Is it bigger than a mouse? Hey, no clues. Look, Hank. Just tell me already. You want to get me fired, don't you? What? No. Yeah, right. Oh, come on. Just take a guess. Hank, enough of this. I gotta go. Oh, come on. Just one. (sighs) All right. Is it your phone? Nope. Guess again. I'm out of here. Well, okay, but you'll be sorry. Look, man, I told you I don't have time for this. See you later. (laughs) Oh, he'll be back. Two minutes later. Oh, <laughs> hey Jeff. What are you doing here? I thought you were late for work. Yeah, yeah, funny guy. Just cut the crap and give me my pants already. <laughs> oh. Alexa, good morning. Good morning. What did the pecan tree say to the psychiatrist? No idea. I think I'm growing nuts. Bad joke. Try again. What do you get when you combine a baseball field and a golf course? 
I have no idea. A diamond in the rough. Good grief. You're no fun at all, Alexa. I'm going for a walk. Oh my word. Raining again. Alexa, cancel day. I'm going home to listen to Cliffcast. Cliffcast presents Wacky Web News. All the news that's weird, wild, and yes, you guessed it, wacky. And here's what's coming up on today's episode. Australia nearly executes pigeon for the sin of being American. Lucky Cat survives running washing machine. And a French woman has been fighting the government for three years to prove she's not dead. Hello, I'm Cliff and welcome to the first edition of Wacky Web News for 2021. It might be a bird, but this case just goes to show how important the due process is. It's not every day that a state issues a national death warrant on a single bird, but Australia is a place where rules of normal life don't apply. Meet Joe, a pigeon named after US President-elect Joe Biden. You see, Joe was sentenced to death. He'd done nothing wrong, hadn't pecked the Prime Minister or pooped on some cherished national landmark. No, his only crime was that people thought he was American. Luckily for Joe, the question of his nationality was cleared before his blatantly xenophobic execution could take place. In the light of all the facts, it had been proven, beyond reasonable doubt, that he is indeed a full-blooded Aussie. But why on earth did Australia want Joe dead? Wouldn't they be more interested in eradicating any of the more pressing wildlife issues, like the spiders or snakes or a number of other things out to get you? Our story begins last year in December 26th. That's when Kevin Sellybird, yeah, I believe that's his real name, a resident of Melbourne, Australia, discovered Joe in his backyard. It seemed like an ordinary pigeon, apart from one thing. Joe had an identity tag on his leg. This is where the trouble took off. Joe's leg tag suggested that he was a racing pigeon and that he was registered to an owner in Alabama. Based on the ID tag, Joe had last been seen in Oregon in October 2020. That would have meant that by some miracle, he'd crossed the entire Pacific Ocean and landed in Australia. Well, somehow the Australian authorities were made aware of Joe, and they didn't like what they heard. Australia has incredibly strict biosecurity laws. Bringing any animals to the country without a proper permit is simply not allowed. So it seemed that Joe was an illegal alien on Australian soil, and to put it mildly, the government was not about to stand for it. In fact, Australia's Prime Minister straight up said Joe was about to get a trip to the executioner's block. If Joe has come in a way that has not met our strict biosecurity measures, then bad luck, he said. While the authorities were thirsty for some avian blood, the public rallied to support Joe. Soon, a change.org petition to spare his life popped up and started attracting signatures. Not all officials believed it was right to execute Joe either. Andy Medic, a lawmaker in the state of Victoria, where Joe was found, and a member of the Animal Justice Party, called for a pigeon pardon. 
Should the federal government allow Joe to live, I am happy to seek assurances that he's not a flight risk, Maddox said, according to AP News. Even Victoria's health minister, Martin Foley, weighed in. I would urge the Commonwealth's quarantine officials to show a little bit of compassion, Foley said. Sally Bird also thought that executing the beautiful pigeon he'd found was simply wrong. I thought this is just a feel-good story and now you guys want to put this pigeon away, he said. It's not on you, you know. You can't do that. There has got to be other options. Being a man of action, Sally Bird took it upon himself to find other options. Since Joe's leg tag was American, he decided to contact the American Pigeon Racing Union. Their response saved Joe's life. Turns out that Joe was not American after all. The pigeon found in Australia sports a counterfeit band and need not be destroyed per biosecurity measures. His actual home is Australia. It is a disappointment that false information spread so quickly. We are appreciative that the real pigeon did not stray from the USA. After its investigation, the DWA agreed with the union's statement. Sally Burp was happy with the result, but felt that he may need to come up with a new name for the bird. Might have to change him to Aussie Bird, but he's just the same pigeon, Sally Bird said. Luckily, Joe got his due process and wasn't wrongly put to death, but how he ever got the fake American leg tag remains a mystery. Let us warn the guilty party, though. Don't be surprised if you find your car covered in obscene amounts of pigeon poop. Beware the vengeful wrath of Aussie Joe. Hey mother, you're not listening to that stupid podcast again, are ya? Where's my tea? I'm sorry, dear, but Cliffcast is much more important than tea. Oh Christ, I guess I might as well listen to them. 20 minutes later. Crikey! This stuff is good! Angus, get cheese ready, dear! Not now, mother! I got to listen to Cliffcast! A lucky cat was in the washing machine when his owner turned it on, and it lived to tell the tale. Optimus Jack had crept into the washing machine while its owner, Janae Blackman, 22, had her back turned. Oblivious to the fact that Optimus Jack had jumped in, she finished loading the machine and hit the setting for a 30 minute spin. When Blackman heard a thud in the washer, she quickly stopped the machine and rescued her kitty. She couldn't believe it. I loaded the washer in the bathroom, then went to the kitchen, but I heard a thud in the washer. So I looked inside and there he was, scrambling around. I panicked and just thought, oh my god, this is really happening. I'm thankful we can stop the washing machine because not everyone's machine does that. When I stopped mine, the water drains out. He'd only been in there for a minute, but it could have been a whole lot worse. I got him out, examined him, and dried him off. But I find comfort in laughing when things like this happen, and he looked quite funny. Blackman is a disability mentor and business management student from New York, and said, I'd had a busy day at work and was catching up on some laundry. That was how it all started. Anyway, he hasn't been in the washing machine since. He stares at it when a load is in, and he looks like he's thinking how evil it is. He's definitely learned his lesson. She has since shared this story on Facebook, and of course it went viral. I shared it to raise awareness so people check their washing machines and the same thing doesn't happen to them. I was lucky. I never expected it to go as viral as it did. One second I had 20 likes, the next I had 300. It was crazy. That was a lucky cat, and one lucky cat mama.
Good day. This is Sean Connery. Sure, I like to drink martinis and shag beautiful women. But my favorite pastime is listening to Cliffcast. It's very classy. A French woman has been fighting the government for three years to prove she's not dead. If you were to visit Jean Pouchan, she will probably treat you with all due hospitality. The 58-year-old woman from the town of St. Joseph near Lyon in central France might show you her extremely fluffy cat and serve you tea, a glass of wine or whatever the French traditionally serve their guests. But above all else, you'd have no doubt that Pouchan is very much alive. Seems like a strange point to make, doesn't it? But her story just goes to show you you shouldn't take even something so obvious for granted. You see, according to the French authorities, Pouchan is dead, deceased, an ex-cat owner. Based on official records, she is no more. That is, of course, not actually the case, but good luck convincing the French state of that fact. Pouchan has been trying to get herself relisted among the living since 2017, and to no avail. I have no identity papers, no insurance. I can't even prove to the banks that I'm alive. I'm a nothing, she said. Indeed, life as one of the living dead is even worse than what the zombie movies would have you believe. Anything that requires official identification is no longer an option. Pushan can't have a functional credit card. Not that she'd need one since all her bank accounts have been closed due to her supposed demise. She doesn't have a driver's license, a passport, nothing. As far as the authorities are concerned, Pushan no longer exists. Well, her bizarre zombie-like status got its start more than a decade ago. Back then, Pushan was a private business owner managing her own company. In 2004, she just let one of her employees go due to her business losing a major contract. Perhaps there was something fishy going on, as that same year, an industrial tribunal ordered her firm to pay the fired employee $17,000 in damages. In any case, that was the judge's decision. However, as the penalty was imposed on Pushan's company, not her person, the court ended up not enforcing the ruling. Five years later, in 2009, the ex-employee sued Pushan again. This time, though, the case got thrown out of court. According to Folk's paper, the ex-employee told the industrial tribunal that her ex-employer had not answered her letters and had supposedly passed on. In 2016, French appeals court ordered Pouchain's son and husband to pay the outstanding damages. That was because the court had become convinced that she was dead. The ex-employee had told an industrial tribunal that her ex-employer had not answered her letters and supposedly had passed on. In November 2017, Pouchain's name was struck from all official records. She was now officially dead and so a nightmare began. I went to see a lawyer, Pouchain says, who told me it would be quickly resolved as I have been to my doctor who certified that I was very much still alive, she told the Guardian. But as it usually goes with bureaucracy, resurrecting Pouchain wasn't as easy as she and her lawyer thought. As a court of law had declared her dead, a simple doctor's note did not have the authority to bring her back to life. Pouchan's lawyer, Sylvain Cormier, is just as flabbergasted as she that nobody thought to check whether or not this client was still alive. It's a crazy story, I couldn't believe it.
I never thought a judge would declare someone dead without a certificate, Cormier said. But the plaintiff claimed Mrs. Porchane was dead, without providing any proof, and everyone believed her. Nobody's checked, he added. Just this week, Pouchan and her lawyer attempted to bring her back from the grave. They accused the ex-employee of fabricating Pouchane's death in order to get the outstanding damages compensation from her heirs. The ex-employee's lawyer, on the other hand, argued that Pouchane had faked her own death so she wouldn't have to pay. If that's true, and we're not saying it is, Pouchan clearly didn't think such a play would backfire this badly. It's time someone said stop. If I don't fight, nobody's going to fight for me, Pouchan lamented. My husband's grandmother is 102. She's lived through many things, including this war. But even she says she's never suffered through anything as hard as this. Being mistakenly removed from the ranks of the living sounds unbelievable, but it's actually much more common than you might think. In the U.S., for example, more than 12,000 people are wrongly declared dead each year. One small typing error, and your entire life is gone, at least from the official record. Who knows, it could even happen to you. When was the last time you checked whether you were still alive? And that's it for the news. Tune in again next time when we bring you all the latest in weird, wild, and wacky web news. You know, over the many, many years, I've had a lot of pipe dreams. I want someday to be a published writer. I dream of winning the lottery. I dream of someday my Vancouver Canucks winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, some would say that's a pipe dream, especially the season they started with this year. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Well, I have a great many dreams. I say pipe dream a lot, but you know what? I know what we mean it to mean. But my question today is, where did it come from? Why do we call it that? And here's what I found. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things to do is to learn new things. Before the internet and web browsers, I could scroll through stacks and stacks of musty old books sometimes to satisfy my curiosity. But whether I'm watching a documentary, reading an article, traveling or exploring, there are nearly always some wonderful, fascinating, amazing, bizarre, strange thing that makes me want to scratch my head and say, I didn't know that. So what's the meaning of the phrase pipe dream? Well, as I was saying, these days we use the phrase pipe dream to mean an unrealistic hope or fantasy, something that's a little far-fetched. Well, here's a few things I found. Actually, I googled it and I found this on phrases.org.uk. And here's what they say about it. The phrase pipe dream is an allusion to the dreams experienced by smokers of opium pipes. Opiates were widely used by the English literati in the 18th and 19th centuries. Samuel Taylor Coleridge was one of the best-known users, and it would be difficult to claim that the imagery in surreal works like Kubla Khan owed nothing to opium. Lewis Carroll, although not known to be an opium user himself, makes clear allusions to drug use in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, has his hero, Sherlock Holmes, visit an opium den. 
Although that was for research rather than consumption. Uh-huh, okay. Anyway, it's strange then that Pipe Dream comes from none of these sources, but has an American origin. The early references to the phrase all originate from in or around Chicago. The earliest I have found is from the Chicago Daily Tribune from December 1890. It, aerial navigation, has been regarded as a pipe dream for a good many years. The first printed piece that associates the phrase with opium smoking is from Fort Wayne Gazette. That was in September of 1895. There are things taking place every day in Chicago which are devoid of rational explanation as the mysterious coinings of the novelist's brain. Newspaper men hear of them, but in the rush for cold, hard facts, the pipe stories, as queer and unexplainable stories are called, are at a discount. Were it not for the following incident, which can be verified by the word of several reputable men, would have long ago received the space and attention it merits instead of being consigned to the wastebasket as the pipe dream of an opium devotee. The piece goes on to describe an incredible story apparently believed by a reporter of a mystic incident in which a man foretells in detail the suicide of another man. It rather makes one wonder what the reporter had been smoking. In his 1896 play Artie, A Story of the Streets and Town, the American columnist and playwright, George Aid, penned this line. But when I was spinning pipe dreams myself telling about how much I lose on the board and all that. It seems clear that Aid would have expected his audience to have prior knowledge of it. He goes to no effort to explain it in the play, and a meaning wouldn't have been clear otherwise. So it's reasonable to assume the expression pipe dream would have been in common use in North America in the late 19th century. Pipe dream wasn't known in England until a few years later, and it's probable that it was introduced there by an American. In fact, an American novelist, Bettina von Hutton, who took up residency in London. In a 1904 novel, Pam, she includes this line. Look at the sea and tell me if in your wildest pipe dream you ever saw anything lovelier. Von Hutten had a considerable amount of quiet time to consider a choice of home. She was put under travel restrictions for the duration of the First World War as she had a German ex-husband. So there we go. I don't know if we have really discovered the origin here. I mean, we can only go by spoken word. It could have been used many years before. But I think we've got a better insight and it doesn't necessarily have to be about opium, but I don't know, I kind of suspect it does. How about you? Howdy y'all, Clem here. I suppose you're wondering why I'm wasting your time. Well, I reckon you'd be looked on right kindly like if you were to tune in to Cliffcast. And you know what? It's available on an internet near you. Yep, have a good day, you hear? And now, Jokes of the Week. Jokes of the Week. <laughs> oh, now that's funny. That's not funny. Hey, is it funny? That guy's getting really annoying. Is it funny? I don't know. I think it is. 
Send me an email at cliffcastme at gmail.com, okay? Thanks, look forward to hearing from you. Anyway, in the meantime, a highway patrol motorcycle officer sees this woman speed past while knitting in the driver's seat. She's knitting, not him. Anyway, he hits the red lights and sets off in pursuit. She doesn't stop, just keeps speeding along. Finally, he pulls alongside and yells, Pull over! She yells back, No, cardigan. <laughs> a pair of chickens walk up to the circulation desk at a public library and say, Buck, buck, buck. The librarian decides that the chickens desire three books. So, she gives them to them. Around midday, the two chickens return to the circulation desk and say, Buck, 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 the librarian then decides that the chicken desire another three books. The chickens leave as before. They return to the library in the early afternoon, approach the librarian looking very annoyed and say, buck, 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 buck. The librarian is now a little suspicious of these chickens. She gives them what they request and decides to follow them. She followed them out of the library, out of the town and to a park. At this point, she hid behind a tree, not wanting to be seen. She saw the two chickens throwing books at a frog in a pond, to which the frog was saying, Reddit, Reddit, Reddit. <laughs> As we headed down the road, a large bug hit the windshield. I said, I bet he doesn't have the guts to do that again. My wife responded, Do you know what was the last thing to go through his mind? His butt. <laughs> A vulture boarded an airplane carrying two dead raccoons. The stewardess looked at him and said, I'm sorry, sir. Only one carry-on allowed per passenger. <laughs> carry on? Yeah, okay. Anyway, speaking of frogs, by the way, did you hear about the frog who parked in a red zone? Yeah, his car was towed. <laughs> And did you hear about the weekly poker game with Vasco da Gama, Christopher Columbus, Leif Erikson, and Francisco Pizarro? They're good card players, but yeah, they can never seem to beat the Straits of Magellan. <laughs> Every day at sunrise, be it rain, shine, fog, or snow, Joe goes into the backyard, faces east, and says this little prayer. Dear God, please let me win the lottery today. He does this for 20 years, then one foggy morning the clouds part and a bright beam of light falls on Joe. From the sky a booming voice says, Joe, meet me halfway on this. Buy a ticket. <laughs> How does a dyslexic, agnostic, insomniac spend her time? She lies awake at night wondering if there really is a dog. How many apples grow on a tree? All of them, of course. <laughs> How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the bulb has got to really want to change. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm older. Imagine if Americans switched from pounds to kilos overnight. There would be mass confusion. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I totally understand how batteries feel, because I'm rarely included in things either. <laughs> <laughs>
I've started invested in stocks. Beef, chicken, and vegetable. One day, I hope to be a billionaire. So, the king of an African country issued a royal decree. No one may kill any wild animals. The decree was honoured, but soon there were too many lions and tigers in the kingdom. The people revolted and the king was removed from power. It was the first known instance of a rain being called on account of a game. There once were some eggs from Boston who were sold to a store in Austin. But the shells were all cracked when the train left the track and the yolks leaked out and they lost them. But they didn't go out with a bang, so that wasn't the end of our gang. They found a good cook with a recipe book and lived life again as meringue. Okay, so what did the alien cat say to the earth cat? Take me to your litter. What do you call a cow with no legs? <laughs> Ground beef? <laughs> what do you call a part-time band leader? A semiconductor. Come on, you guys knew that one, right? What do you call an annoying pumpkin that does stupid stuff? A jackass or lantern, of course. <laughs> what do you call a soldier that survived mustard gas and pepper spray? Well, of course he's a seasoned veteran. Okay. Okay, here's one that's a little bit too close to the vest, maybe, but... A guy goes into a bar and says, I'll have a corona and two hurricanes. Bartender looks at him for a second and says, That'll be 2020. <laughs> the fisherman accidentally got some vinegar in his ear and now suffers from pickled hearing. That's pick pickled hearing. <clears throat> Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Pickled hearing? So thank you very, very much for listening in. You're a lovely audience. If you feel like it and you really want to help me, how about posting it on your social networks? Let your friends know about CliffCast. The way I see it, I think we all need and deserve a little bit of laughter and escapism in our lives these days. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, be safe out there, folks. Love you guys. Bye now. Bye. Bye. No, really, I'm leaving now, okay? Bye. No, seriously, guys, I've got to go now, okay? I've had a great time hanging with you guys, but honestly, you know, i got to go. i got to get ready for another podcast, right? Okay, see you later. Uh, no, I'm leaving this time. Seriously, I am. I'm going. Bye.